begin with the end. The prophet Jeremiah gives us this image of what it will be like in the end. The Lord has delivered his people. I will bring them back. I will gather them. They've departed in tears, but I will console them, guide them. I will lead them to brooks of water, for I am a father to Israel. God has a plan for our salvation, for our happiness. But to kind of paint the picture a little bit, I want to, I want to go through our gospel backwards. So how does it end? It finishes with Jesus telling Bartimaeus, Go your way. Your faith has saved you. Immediately he received his sight and followed him on the way. What is our end goal? Salvation. Eternal happiness with God. It's heaven. We want to be with God. But the truth is, I can be with him now. That I can, I can follow him now. I don't have to wait to heaven. I can, I can draw close to him now. And so what led up to this man experiencing salvation, sight? He asked Jesus for what he wanted. He asked Jesus to see. Master, I want to see. Why did he say this? Because Jesus asked him, what do you want me to do for you? But the truth is that Jesus is always asking you and I this question. He asks us today, what do you want me to do for you? What, what's on your heart? Or, or what do you not want? Why, why does he ask us this? Isn't, isn't it funny? Well, I mean, you're God. You already know what's on my heart. He asks us because he wants us to see what our desire is because he has a plan to fulfill it. Bartimaeus was very clear. This is what I want. And Jesus is like, that's exactly what I want. I'm asking you because I want to know what you want. What led up to that? They had called the blind man saying to him, take courage, take courage. There's no fear in that. Take courage, get up. Jesus is calling you. He threw aside his cloak, sprang up and came to Jesus. He realized, why did he turn to Jesus? He realized that Jesus was already calling him. The truth is that Jesus is always calling you and I. But, but sometimes we don't realize it. God doesn't want to listen to me. God doesn't want to know what's on my heart. Sometimes we say that because we're feeling very far from him. But when we draw close to him, we can hear him say, what is it you want me to do for you? What, what is on your heart? What opens him up to hear the call? It says, on hearing that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, son of David, have pity on me. He asked Jesus for pity, for mercy, for compassion, how you want to, everyone translate that. 
that there's, there's humility there. Like, God, you're God, and you can help me. You have something I need. You can do something for me. And so I come to you humbled, and I want you to do something for me. What's the original context? This is the, the last step of going back. It's just Jesus was leaving Jericho with his disciples and a sizable crowd. Bartimaeus, a blind man, sat by the roadside begging. Jericho is outside. Bartimaeus feels like an outsider. I can't tell you how many college students I talk to who feel like an outsider. Everybody else has it figured out. They're all joyful and they come to Mass and they pray and they all know each other, but I'm not like that. I feel like an outsider. Bartimaeus, also, he's blind, that there's something he's lacking. There's something he needs. And so he's humbled, he's begging. But here's the thing. The whole story, why did we go back with it? It begins with this man's difficulty. It begins with his problem. And I actually believe that God wants us also to begin with that. What is my difficulty? What is it that I'm lacking? What is it that I want? What is it that I don't want? And so it's precisely his blindness that tells him, I was made to see. The fact that many, many college students feel alone. I feel alone because something within me tells me that I was made to be with people. That I was made for relationship. I wasn't made for isolation. And so perhaps, this is kind of my thesis here, is that God allows us to experience the deficit. He allows us to uh, recognize our need and weakness because it's precisely what opens us up to turn to him for salvation. It's what makes us aware of this, right? If, if I have it all figured out, why do I, why do I need God? I, I've heard students say that. Why, why do we not have 5,000 students in this building right now? <laughs> because many people say, well, I don't need God. Why do I need God? My life is just fine, you know? How come, this is something that um, we had, the students gathered this weekend and they had uh, 24 hours of adoration to pray for their peers. Why? Well, if you were walking around campus or whatever this weekend, you see homecoming is ripe for uh, people making kind of poor decisions for their own happiness. But maybe, maybe finding ourselves in the hospital, as some students did yesterday, unfortunately, is exactly what we need. Maybe sleeping through the game, there was a girl in the front row, she was like, laying on the bar. She was like, for half the game, all the football team was like looking at this girl and she's just like passed out, laying on this bar, um, the railing holding her up. Um, I was like, ouch, you know? Maybe, maybe waking up with a bad headache today is exactly what we need. Maybe, maybe waking up next to somebody and not really remembering what happened is exactly 
what opens us up to actually turn to God. But what if there was another way? Do we have to hit rock bottom before that forces us to open up and to say, maybe, maybe this isn't actually making me happy? The good news, the gospel, is I don't, I don't need to hit rock bottom. I mean, the fact that you're here today, right? We're responding to that invitation of Jesus saying, come follow me. That I have something better for you. That I have happiness waiting for you. But I still believe that what, we, what he wants us to lead with is my brokenness is my desire, are my, my wants and what I don't want. Because that leads us somewhere. I, I was talking to a student recently, and they were saying how, they go, Father, I might not be here next semester. I was like, well, what's going on? And they go, there's some problems at home, and my parents, they want me to come home. And I was like, okay. So we sat there, and we talked, and I was asking and asking what, what was going on and what, what she wanted and what she didn't want. And at the end of the day, but just by her talking it out, she's like, I don't want to go home. I'm the happiest I've ever been here. And it's like, what does God want? Well, God wants my happiness. I was like, yes. And so listening to that desire, expressing that desire, that at the end of the day, God wants me to be happy. And so as I express my desires for happiness, it's actually his desire in me at work, leading me to that happiness. Does that make sense? Is that dizzying? It's like, um, so, so when I want to know what God, wa- I don't know what God wants for me. I always turn around and I say, okay, well, let's not worry about that. What do you want? Oh, well, here's what I want. I, I want to be married, but I'm afraid God wants me to be a priest. You know, that, that was, that was me, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and, and actually, I don't know if this was, uh, I really believe this was led by the Holy Spirit, and this is where, this is where my philosophy comes from, because God, God, he's not a dictator, God, he has made us for himself, and our hearts are restless until they rest in him, and so I had people saying to me, Matt Lauer, you'd be a great priest, and I would say to them, I want to be married. Like, that's great. I don't care what you think. <laughs> like, I want to be married, you know? And I was like, I want to date this girl. And so I went and dated this girl for a year and a half. And what I learned from that was God says, I want to give you what you desire. So if you want to go ta- downtown at 5 a.m. and drink as much as you want, I'll let you have that. And if you want to go date this person, I'll, you can have that. You have freedom. But, but I have a, a plan for your happiness. And so he let me pursue that because that's what I wanted, to be happy. But it was all part of his plan because he led me through that. And I realized that I want more than that. That, that God made my heart not just for one person, but to be available for whoever he puts in front of me. That, that, that my heart was actually, he had made my heart bigger than I had thought um, that he had a different plan and so by following my desires even though it wasn't where he wanted me to end up it was part of his plan to get me where he wanted me to end up to be truly happy
Does that make sense? And so even if we want and pursue dumb things, it's okay. That's why, that's why I'm not like downtown with like, you know, a security team like blocking the bars, you know, like <laughs> in my heart, that's what I want to do. Cause I'm like, I know what I'm going to hear for the next month about what happens this weekend. And I wish I could stop it. But God says, it's better that you don't stop it. It's better that my roommate dates that guy and has her heart broken and not listen to us because maybe that's what actually opens up her ears to hear the truth. Isn't that crazy? If he was not blind, he never would have turned to God to be able to see. And so our invitation is to, is to turn to God and to talk to him about what's on my heart today and to not hold back, you know, because sometimes we want things that aren't good for us. And God still says, tell me all about that. Because what doesn't help is when I, I go to pray, actually, if I feel this way, if this is us, if this is me, I will actually avoid prayer. I feel like God wants something different than what I want. And so what do we do? We naturally avoid talking to him. So if our prayer life isn't real great right now, that could be what's going on. It's, I feel like I want this, but God wants this. And so I'm just not going to talk to him. You know, like, um, but I propose the answer is actually to go straight to him and say, here's how I'm feeling. I don't want this. That's what Jesus said in the garden. Take this cup from me. I don't want this. Like this girl, I don't want to go home. I don't want this. Jesus gives us an example of that, that we turn to the Father and tell him, this is what I don't want. This is what I want. And I think it's precisely through that conversation and going every day to talk to him, like, God, I'm tired of hurting. I'm, I don't want my family to get a divorce while I'm in college. Why does it happen? And, and so we get angry at God, like, why are you allowing these bad things to happen? And God's like, I want you to come to me and tell me what you want and what you don't want. Because ultimately, what is, it, what is it that leads to us? You know, it leads us to our ultimate desires. When I say, when I pray today, God, I want a good grade on this paper or test this week, what am I saying? I'm saying, well, I want, I want to get a good grade in this class. Why? Well, because I want to graduate. Why? Because I want to get a good job. Why? Because I want to make money. Why? To be happy. That all of our desires ultimately are leading us to be happy. But the truth is, that's the end goal, but the means might be different. What if it takes me failing this test and failing this class and having to take a break from school to realize what it is I actually really want to do that's actually leading me to be happier? Does that make sense? You know, it's like the, the end goal is the same, like our happiness. But God is going to use whatever means it takes to get us there. So if, if he, he wants to lead us through like peace and joy and hope, but the problem is I'm weak, I'm disordered. My heart wants things that aren't good for it. I, I don't see clearly. And so when that good stuff doesn't lead me well, God allows the bad stuff he allows it to lead me to where maybe I experience brokenness, which then opens me up to his goodness from a different angle. 
So the end goal is God desires the salvation of every student on this campus. And he's working through good means and then allowing other means to do the same thing to get us to him. You see, it's no mistake that Bartimaeus is blind today. He can't see. And the reality is, you and I, we can't always see what makes for our happiness. But God does. And following our desires and being real with him about what we want, what we don't want, is going to lead us to what we both want, our eternal happiness, to be and to live and to see God as he is forever.